You'll note that uh, on this third Sunday of Advent, we have taken sort of a turn from our uh, previously more staid uh, uh, observance of this season. You'll notice, of course, and smell that the beautiful greenery has been put up in the church, soon to be followed by the bows and the poinsettias. And the rose-colored candle is lit today, and indeed I'm wearing a rose-colored uh, chasuble, which I believe is just a very, very old red one that has faded over the years. <laughs> but nevertheless, the effect works. And in the uh, ancient uh, rite in the Western Church for this Sunday, uh, the entroit begins with the word gaudete, Gaudete means rejoice in Latin. And so it's one of the ways that, though we share a common color, color scheme with Lent in Advent, it's one of the ways that we differ. Because you'll notice that in a number of our Advent hymns, we say the A word, Alleluia, which is forbidden in Lent. And also we have this Sunday with the rejoicing. Rejoicing because we know what is to come. Even though we're in a time where we, we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive Christ, we live in that joyous expectation. I, and I think that's a good way to put, to frame Advent, joyous expectation. Sure, there's an element of, of penitence. Sure, there's an element of self-searching and of repentance. But it's because of that joyful expectation. Who can't be excited about the coming of a child? I think that in God's great wisdom, for you know, things change. You know, governments change, languages change, uh, nations change, everything changes. But human nature seems to stay the same. And so, one of the things that we can all get excited about now and 2,000 years ago, is the birth of a child, and especially the child that we know is to come. And so the theme throughout Advent, you know, you ain't have one of those little chocolate calendars that you open the door each day and count down to Christmas. The theme of Advent isn't a countdown to Christmas, even though that's sort of what we're doing in a way, anticipating Christmas. It's, it's, a, it's more of a preparation. It's more of a self-awareness tool. Um, it's more of a way of becoming more involved in our community and as a fellow Christian with one another. Um, so the first Sunday of Advent, the message is stay awake, be alert. Don't fall asleep. You don't know when the Son of God is coming. The second week of Advent, the message is prepare the way of the Lord, for you know he is coming. And then this week, this third Sunday, we again hear from John the Baptist. This time, though, John is not in the wilderness baptizing people. He is, in fact, in prison. And we know the fate that awaits John the Baptist. But at this point, he sends his own disciples because uh, John had his own group of disciples, just as Jesus had his and he sends those disciples to Jesus and asks this question, are you the one who is to come or should we wait for another? 
And whenever I hear these words, in my mind, the music of Palestrina always plays, the great uh, Advent responsory. But Jesus says, he doesn't say yes. You know, Jesus never really answers a question right out, does he? He says, go and tell John what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor has good Poor have good news brought to them. What more do you need to know, in other words? And so now, on this third Sunday, we have stayed alert, we have prepared, and now we know, in no uncertain terms, that he is the one who is to come. Jesus is the Messiah. He says in in many words, not just a simple yes, that he is the Messiah. But he also says something about John. And, you know, one of the reasons why uh, liturgically at this time of year um, we are reading the traditional last gospel at the end of the service is because it sets up this relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist in a very clear way. It, it tells us, the prologue to John, that Jesus while he, is, he came to earth incarnate in, our, in human flesh and lived and died as one of us, he is a part of the Godhead. He was from before creation. He is co-eternal with the Father. But also, as the scripture tells us, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And so John was sent and we believe him in the Christian tradition to be the last in the line of prophets because it is Jesus himself who says this. What did you then go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So St. John the Baptist is the great forerunner of Jesus Christ. And as we know, his cousin. But that really, I don't think, makes so much of a difference. The, the important thing is that John was chosen by God to be the forerunner, to be the, the front man, if you will, to say to the people, something is coming, something big, someone more powerful than any of us, someone whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And so John is in the wilderness baptizing people, having them repent of their sins, uh, preparing them to receive the word of God, with the word with a big W, the Logos, Jesus. And so you can see why in this season of Advent, we don't necessarily tell stories about the birth of Christ, that's coming. But we talk about this, the ministry of, of John the Baptist and the words of Jesus in preparation for receiving him. So at this time of year, we do so much preparation. And as I wrote in my uh, weekly message last week, last Wednesday-ish, you know, it doesn't always come out on Wednesday, there's a lot going on, um, that you know, we, we oftentimes, especially priests are guilty of this, of uh, talking negatively about all the activity that goes on this time of year, the, you know, the parties and the shopping and everything else, because you know, Christmas isn't here yet. We, we sort of anticipate the holiday. 
But I think you could also look at all of the busyness that we do, that we're engaged in, as a mirror of this very season. We are preparing the way for the Lord. We're preparing our homes. We are preparing our hearts. And, you know, we say and we believe that we encounter Christ in one another. So if you are preparing your home to receive uh, Christmas guests, be they family or friends or whatever, you're also preparing your home to receive Christ. And by participating in the liturgy and by, in, in the prayers during the week, you are preparing your heart and your soul also to receive Christ in a different way, but no less important. And so the whole thing kind of mirrors this Advent uh, imagery of beginnings and endings and new birth and time and eternity all mixed up together. It reminds me visually of sort of an, an, an hourglass, as you can, you see it, and there's lots of sand when you first turn the hourglass over, and it seems as though it's, it's sort of boring to watch, you know, there's little bits of sand dropping here and there, and, you know, eventually down and down and down it goes until it sort of gets towards the end. And then it's kind of exciting to watch, watch the last little grain of sand fall through the hourglass, and it's done. And that's kind of what Advent is about. It's, it's about preparing, living in that uh, incarnate world that we're in, the world that Jesus shared with us, but also knowing that even though it's, it's sort of boring and time-consuming and you'd rather do other things and watch all the sand fall, that at some point, that last little grain of sand is going to drop into the bottom of the hourglass. And then there's Christmas. And then, on a bigger level, there's peace. And then there is eternity. And so you can see Advent is much more than just a countdown to Christmas. It's a way of preparing ourselves to see our Lord, and to greet our Lord in the manger, to greet our Lord at the altar, to greet our Lord as we meet him in one another and every day during our lives, and to finally greet him face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.